Hi, I'm Blake Repine and welcome to Strategy, Leadership and Impact. Hi everybody and welcome back to Strategy, Leadership and Impact. I'm your host Blake Repine. Again, just want to tell everybody thank you very much for the support. It's been really great. Uh, and if you have any comments or any topics you'd like me to talk about, please feel free to email me at blakerepine at gmail.com. Or you can just search my name through LinkedIn, Blake Repine. Send me a connection request. Also, you can send me a message through that platform. And if you listen on the Anchor platform, please feel free to send me a voice message through there as well. And in regards to that, this week's topic actually comes from a listener and someone I've known for a number of years, Daniel Bartlett. I said, I've known Dan for, uh, I'm not sure how many years now, but I actually met him when he first worked for Central Queensland University when I first met him. And then he went on to found Sprightly Peacock, uh, which he still has. And he also currently does a lot of work for Queensland Health as well. Dan actually sent me a message, and thanks Dan, by the way, for the uh, the follow on the podcast. But he sent me a message and asked me, what was it that helps me have the confidence to make big moves and to back myself? Uh, in particular, into two areas he asked about. One was moving halfway across the country to take on a, another role. Um, I you know, recently moved from Queensland to the Northern Territory. And then the other one was around make the move into executive leadership. And I really cover that kind of in two, two areas. So first, I've always been kind of a confident person. There's been times when I lacked confidence and doubted myself, but so I haven't always been confident. But I guess growing up playing sports and things like that, I I was always very confident. And then, of course, I I served in the, the U.S. Army for 18 and a half years and Gain a lot of confidence through that as well. And really, you kind of learn to believe in your own abilities and things. And more than that, too, you also learn to kind of believe in the abilities of the team around you and what you can accomplish. As far as moving halfway across the country, you know, I am an immigrant to Australia, so I don't necessarily have the deep roots in some of the towns. My my wife is Australian, of course. And there again, she does have family in Queensland, uh, However, we see an opportunity and we're not afraid to to move to take advantage of that opportunity. Six, just over six years ago, showed up in Australia, wife and son and everything we had in three duffel bags because we knew, hey, we'll give it a go and we know we'll be okay. You know, but some people, they do have strong ties in a community with family that might have lived there for generations or they own a house and, you know, they have, their spouse might have a role where it's very difficult for them to leave or they don't want to leave and, and things like that. So sometimes it's timing too. So it just happened to work out for us at the time. My wife uh, was able to move as well. So she didn't have anything really holding her back uh, to take advantage of the opportunity. But also we didn't own a home at the time. We used to own a home. We sold it in anticipation to move somewhere else, but we ended up not. But if you do own a home, and, and right now the, the housing market in Australia hasn't been great. It, it is recovering a bit, but it, it's nowhere near where it used to be, and it's definitely been in a slump in certain areas. So some home, some people can't afford to sell their home right now because they have no equity in it, but you can rent that house. You know, if you hold it for an additional three to five years, the market's going to come back or should come back. Hopefully it will. And during that time, you're still building equity in that house. So actually, that's an opportunity for you to kind of hold on to an investment for a little while longer and then sell it. Now, granted, it might be more difficult for you to enter into a new home loan owning another house. However, you can rent yourself, and then if you ever move back, you still own that home, but eventually you would be able to sell that or you know use the equity to buy another home. There again is having patience um, in that process and seeing the opportunity that might be down the road, not necessarily an immediate opportunity. The next part really that I want to address is around the big moves into executive leadership, and I don't know necessarily that that was intentional. It may have been to some point. 
but it was more of a natural progression, I think. I, I believe in reinvesting in yourself and, and educating yourself and, you know, staying abreast of all the current trends and things in business and innovation and, and everything. And, um, you know, with that, if we're constantly looking to, to better ourselves, eventually we will move up. But also, too, it's being aware when you're in those situations where you can't move up where you're at, you need to be willing to move if that's your objective is to move up. If you're in a role where you're no longer being challenged and you're no longer feel like you're growing intellectually or in your abilities and your experience, then look at that role and see what can you do to change that. Um, If you can't, be willing to leave and go to another organization where you can. And it's not saying the organization you're at is bad, but it's not saying they're great either, but it's what you want, what you want to achieve. And also it's kind of understanding yourself as well. What do you bring? What areas do you really want to work on? I'll go back to, so there's a couple books really that I'd recommend people to read. One of them is The Dip by Seth Godin. And in that book, Seth actually talks about how successful people quit and they quit often, they quit quickly. They understand when they can actually push through something to achieve and they understand when you get caught and I believe he calls it culverts. So you just caught, get caught in this culvert or this cul-de-sac, excuse me, not culverts, cul-de-sac. And you get caught in this cul-de-sac and you just kind of go round and round and round and you never get out of it and you'll be able to push through. And realizing the difference in the two and knowing when to stop doing what you're doing um, in order to move on to something else to be successful is important. But also understand what areas do you actually need to put your efforts into that will make you successful. And Seth actually talks about that in his book as well. But another book and a concept from a book, really, not necessarily um, that applies to an individual, but Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, in there, he talks about the hedgehog principle and he and how it applies to businesses. But you can also apply that to yourself as well. What the hedgehog principle is, is they actually talk about a hedgehog every day he needs to eat. So he goes out to get something to eat. And Every day the fox is trying to eat the hedgehog. The fox tries a different strategy every single day to try to eat this hedgehog. But the hedgehog has one way to defend himself. He rolls up into a ball. The fox can't eat him because of his spikes. And that's it. Hedgehog eats and he goes back home. So a simple strategy. With the hedgehog principle in good to great, Collins actually he gives it you know an example of a Venn diagram. And in the top left circle of that diagram, what you do as an individual, write down all the skills that you have, every one of them, everything you're capable of. And then in that right circle, you write down all the skills you can be the best in the world at or be better than anybody else at. And some people actually have a lot of difficulty in doing this. And you can actually get a little bit of help. Ask people, what do you think I'm better at than anybody else? Look at some of your past performance reviews. What are some of the areas that are really highlighted that really stand out? Because here's the thing too, a lot of things that you're really good at, you're kind of on autopilot when you're doing them. You're just doing them because they're second nature. You're good at them. It's what you're best at. So you don't actually realize that you're best at it. But when you figure those out, write those skills down in that right circle. And then of course, in the bottom circle of that Venn diagram, you write out, well, what one of these, what kind of these tasks can I get paid for? And that could be, you know, what types of jobs or what types of role have these tasks in it? And where those three overlap, that's where you need to be working. That's where you need to be spending the time on developing these skills. Personally, I believe that my uh, greatest skills I bring to an organization is leadership and the ability to build a strong, positive culture. And of course, that ability to um, to think strategically uh, and give that strategic vision and kind of see those, those long-term outcomes. And understanding that, you can actually work to those. Whenever you work to your strengths, you'll start to stand out. 
thing is a lot of people though it takes confidence to stand out because you're going to stand outside the pack and and that's very difficult and i'll give you an example of this a couple years ago i did a, a ted talk as a part of tedx rockhampton and i remember after doing that it, it wasn't a, a great talk it was an okay talk a lot of people came up to me and they said oh that was really great i'd love to do that but i can't and i asked them well, what do you mean you can't do that and they said, oh, I could never get up there on stage. My response to that is, well, you actually can, but you never will because you tell yourself you can't. And so many times we doubt our own abilities or we anticipate these horrible outcomes and what's going to happen to the point that we actually never actually start. And you hear people say, oh, fake it till you make it. Well, just fake it until you start. Once you start, you can build momentum. Once you get into it and you see that, oh, this isn't that bad. People aren't ridiculing me. And those that are, get rid of them. Get them away from you. You'll see that it actually, it's not nearly as difficult as you thought it would be. If you look at people that are sitting at the top of organizations, CEOs, COOs, senior execs across, and people sitting on boards, what separates them from you? More than likely, it's not very much. Most of the times, it's attitude. You know, you might look at, well, let's compare educational qualifications. Um, let's compare experience. You could sit there and compare all day, wrong, all day long, and you might not actually really be able to narrow it down to certain things. But here, here's one thing you could do is find a senior exec or someone who's in a position that you aspire to be in one day and contact and ask them, what do you think it was that made you successful? Find two or three people in that, in that type of position and contact them. Ask them, what was it? And see if you see any common themes. And then you can kind of base your, I guess, experience off those themes. And it is experience as well. And you've got to look, one, at the long-term, I guess, input. You got to be consistent over time, have discipline over time to get this experience to make sure you're bettering yourself. And, and I'll give you an exa another example of this too. So uh, a lot of people that know me know that I'm a weightlifter and I'm a weightlifting coach. And the goal, of course, is to be strong and to be technically good. But whenever I go into a weightlifting session, my goal is not to increase my one rep max by 10 kilos each session. My goal is to every day to get stronger by 100 grams, which doesn't sound like very much. But after 10 days, I'm a kilo stronger. After 100 days, that's 10 kilos. At the end of the year, I'm 30 gram or 30 kilos stronger. That's a significant amount of weight increase. Now, granted, I can't actually increase my 1RMs by that much every day. But if the goal is 100 grams a day, then and I'm able to do at least part of that every single day, at the end of the month, six months, a year, I'm so much further along than I am if I try to cram in as much as I can and go about it kind of silly and full on and burn myself out or, you know, actually wear myself out to the point where I'm actually not achieving anything. Um, and that's the same kind of approach you have to take in your professional life as well. Understand that every single day, you need to get yourself a little bit better, learn one little thing every single day in order to make yourself better over the long term. And after six months, a year, five years, imagine where you'd be if you just had one little component every single day. It goes back to that old saying, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time if you want to eat an elephant. The same thing too, I'll give you another Good example. One of the reasons why people are afraid to push themselves and um, and everything because well, one, it's uncomfortable. But I recently read, uh, or actually, I listened to the audiobook by Greg Clunas, um, "Tiny Leaps, Big Changes," and I've been listening to his podcast of the same name for probably a couple of years now. And toward the end of the book, he actually gives an example of 
a person, I believe they're on the fifth floor of a building and the building's on fire. And the only way out is to either go through the fire or jump out of a window. They go through the fire, there's a 100% chance of death. They jump out the window, there's a 99% chance of death. Nearly every time, the person will jump out the window because 1% chance is better than 0% chance. But we don't live our life like that. Every day, there's a chance you could die. Every time you get up in the morning, there's no guarantee that you're going to be going to bed that night. But people don't live like that. Uh, in Greg's book, he also gives another example of his own father. It's a very personal story for him. His own father that was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he talked about the massive changes that he made in, in his life to you know, prolong his life. And it was that you know profound diagnosis when he's faced with that. But every day, we're not necessarily faced with our own mortality in that um, extreme. And I'll tell you, you know, my experience in the Army, uh, I have many friends who thought that they would be coming home or they thought they had another day and they don't. Think about that next time you're afraid to put yourself out there. This might be your last chance. The only finish line in life is death. And once you cross that line, there's no do-overs, there's no second chances. So why are you not taking the chance now? You get to the end of your life, and you're going to sit there and say, what could have been? Even now, some of you are probably thinking that. Just think if I would have taken this opportunity. Just think if I would have just put myself out there a little bit, but I was afraid. Afraid of what people might say. Afraid of what, you know, my friends might say. Well, if your friends are going to put you down, you don't need those friends. So really think about that. Think about that. And the next time an opportunity comes up, just take it. Just do it. You'll see that you're probably far more capable of, than what you think you are. And just keep putting yourself out there day after day. Keep trying to make yourself better. Keep pushing yourself. The biggest thing is have confidence in yourself and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. So thank you very much, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, coming at you again next week with another episode. Not quite sure what that's going to be on about. We'll see what other comments people have or topics people like to hear. But anyway, if you'd like to hear a topic or have any comments uh, or feedback, please feel free to email me at blakerepine at gmail.com or again through LinkedIn. Just search my name, Blake Repine. Or if you're on the Anchor app, just send me a voice message through there. Thank you very much and talk to you again next week. Thank you.